For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's play some football! Run right to the back of him! what's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, hey, and welcome to Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always... Our good buddy from the AP, David Brandt. David, good morning. It was a uh, tumultuous 11 a.m. game for Ole Miss in Kentucky. Um, it was, and it it, it kind of uh, started a tumultuous day generally yeah. for lots Dude, of teams. I, but it was, have, it was a good preview. I, I took I took a week off from from gambling with real American dollars. I took a break because I've been very bad. Um, if you if you've been listening, I don't know if you, but hopefully the other listeners out there have our hit that line show that comes out every week. We pick uh, three locks every week. I am abysmal. If you have been fading me this whole season, you are very rich, probably. <laughs> um, so I've just been bad. So I took a week off, and thank God because there were some. I had, I mean, Kansas is five and zero. Oh, Ole Miss wins. You've got. TCU blowing the doors off Oklahoma. You've got LSU coming back and beating Auburn. Um, yeah, Georgia I mean, struggling with Missouri. Yeah, I mean, it just, just, I have no pulse. Like, you know, I don't claim to be some expert on college football, but I feel like I have a decent idea of what's going on. But like, dude, this this season is just it to 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 the detriment of my win loss record and picks. It's been a ton of fun, but I mean, it has just been crazy. Right. Well, I think a lot of people, and I'm not the first one to say this, but I'm not sure if anybody outside of, you know, Georgia, Alabama and Ohio State is really any good. And even, you know, obviously Georgia yeah. struggled and, and Alabama struggled with Texas, who, you know, it's obvious at this point that Texas isn't necessarily a world beater. It's just, you know, it's it's interesting. There's I mean, just a lot of parody. I think when you see, yeah, I, I think there's going to be more of this, too, because 
so many players, and I think it'll settle down a little, but now that there's no penalty for transferring, um, you're just going to see a lot of teams, you know, with huge amounts of new players, and it's just going to take them a while to gel. I, it, it just mm-hmm. is. And some teams, I, I think that's going to be sort of the hallmark of good programs, either a ones that can keep their players and don't have to go in the transfer portal a ton, right. Or two have coaches that are able to have simple enough systems or, or be able to explain their complicated system well enough that they can get off the ground and run again two or three weeks. Cause there's just not, you know, college football, you don't have a lot of time to figure it out you know, two or three games in the season, that's a long time. I mean, even in the NFL, you know, you can have, uh, you know, you could go 0-2 and and still, you know, have a good season. Lots of teams have done that in the NFL. That's really hard to do in college football. You can't start the season 1-2 and and have, you know, win conference championships. I mean, I'm sure that's happened before, but you understand what I'm saying? Like the, the immediacy bias in in college football is huge. And I, I yeah. just, it's fascinating to me with all the moving parts for all these teams. You know, I just think a, it leads to some sloppy football, but B it leads to a lot of parody, which I think is, is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's absolutely a product of the transfer portal and there's so many high profile programs that have gone out and poached good players from other P5 schools or like really good G5 schools and you're having to get those guys acclimated not only to, you know, uh, you know, if it's a G5 to a P5 jump, you know, getting acclimated to, you know, faster, you know, opponents, you know, the speed of the game is different and tougher opponents, but also just getting, you know, acclimated to your program, your culture, how you like to run your team. So, I mean, this is just, figuring out a new town and i mean there's also like human you know we we always talked about this when covering programs before the portal and everything you know juco kids almost always were really good in their second year but their first year was an adjustment i remember somebody like wayne dorsey you know like back this is you know 10 years ago but you know he looked the part but he just couldn't figure it out for a little while and then once he did you know it, it clicks for guys eventually but yeah it's like half the country is coming out of JUCO. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's just a different, and really everybody's playing under the same rules. So I, you know, as long as that's the case, that doesn't really yeah. bother me, but it's just, it's just a different, it's a different set of challenges. Yeah. Ole Miss knows that well, you know, over the years with guys like Patrick Trahan, Ashley Palmer, um, you had, you know, in the later years, uh, like Fidal Brown, you know, guys yeah. that, you know, yeah, certainly getting off the bus absolutely looked the part, but just it doesn't really click until that second year. But this is um, a great segue into the Ole Miss-Kentucky game because Ole Miss is obviously very heavy transfer portal roster. Um, and look, I, this is an Ole Miss podcast, so we're obviously going to talk about Ole Miss, but I, I haven't heard enough people mention it, but, I mean, just an absolute just tip of the cap to the Ole Miss staff and Lane Kiffin and how they have kept this team incredibly focused. And I know they had the the snoozer against Tulsa, but I mean, other than that, I mean, they have just basically up until Kentucky, just cruise control. And then you have the top 10 opponent at home, huge game, big swing for your season um, conference opener. And I mean, just, I mean, just a lights out effort, all around. I mean, it wasn't a 
big time scoring game from the offense, but Jackson Dart played extremely well, in my opinion. He had the the one bad interception. And then I really only remember one other ill-advised throw. But outside of that, he was really good. He, you, you can see the maturation. You can see him growing in the offense, and they're letting him throw it a lot more. And then Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans continue to run the football well. But, I mean, the defense stole the show. They were oh, lights out. I mean, yeah. just – Will Levis's stat line was was decent, and he had a couple touchdown passes, but they're on short fields, and I mean they really stepped up in the second half. Oh, absolutely! And the name of the game now, especially in defense, like I cover the NFL most of the time now, but it's it's can you force turnovers, particularly in the red zone and different things like that. Um, and and Ole Miss's defense did that, obviously in huge situations where they really needed it uh, down the stretch, and so. Um, yeah, I think the, the defense gets this one. I think the offense did what they had to do against a really good SEC opponent. But, yeah, this one, the the defense, if I'm giving out game balls, it's it's to the defense. Mm. So, looking ahead, almost travels to Nashville this week, 3 o'clock kick, SEC Network. It's a game they should win. Um, favored by 19, I believe, 18, if I'm looking at it here on ESPN. Um yeah, Vandy was a little spunky at the beginning of the year, but they're kind of regressing to the mean that they always do. Um, I, I think I can speak for you here. Um, I think we both expect Ole Miss to win that football game. Then you come back for Auburn, a team that, man, on the Plains, just house of horrors. Ole Miss hardly ever plays well at Auburn, but it's at home. It's an Auburn team that is just reeling. I, the defense can – can make plays that can frustrate you a little bit up front. Derek Hall is a phenomenal talent. Probably makes Ole Miss people sick that, that I'm saying that because he's from Mississippi, but um, I, I, Robbie Ashford is, is fine. He's athletic, but he's, he's a young quarterback. He's not there yet. Winnable game. And then you look at the rest of the schedule. LSU, even though it's in Baton Rouge, I think Ole Miss is favored in that game. If they win the two before. And then you really get into some interesting territory with at Texas A&M, which, man, you want to talk about question marks. I mean, they are hard to figure them out, but I think also maybe leaning towards figuring it out that Jimbo just doesn't have it this year. Um, so Ole Miss could potentially be looking at 8-0 going to College Station with a real opportunity to be 9-0 and and most likely hosting game day again for Alabama in November. Yeah, I mean, the schedule, you know, you don't see many stretches at SEC play where you have three out of four road games, and you're mm. like, oh, that's actually not that bad of a stretch. But <laughs> this is actually one of the years where, relatively speaking, it's not that bad of a stretch. Like you said, you go to Vanderbilt, you get home at Auburn, and then, you know, road games at LSU and Texas A&M are never going to be easy, but relatively speaking, for where those programs are at, it's mm -hmm. about as easy as it would ever be. Um, so, you know, like I said, October, uh, any, any team, Ole Miss, anybody wants to be able to put themselves in position to be in position. And that's what mm -hmm. they've done now. They're 5-0. and They've got two really winnable games ahead of them. And then you see where you're at at the end of October and you're playing important football. So there you November, go. November, November. <laughs> right. Or, or sometimes late <laughs> October. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, uh, 
Yeah, and they've got a week off to prepare for Alabama when they get to that point. So, you know, and and even if they lose a game somewhere in there, let's say they beat Vanderbilt, Auburn, and for whatever reason split LSU, Texas A&M, that's still an 8-1 and team with a chance to knock off Alabama. I mean, there's worse situations to be in. Yep. You know, and it's and a they, very, dare I say, mortal-looking Alabama team. Right. I mean, like Alabama, like over the years you learned with Alabama, like they're always good. <laughs> they're always oh, yeah. at top. As long as Nick Saban's there, I have no reason to believe that they're always going to be talented at a top you know, three team nationally, but sometimes I totally agree with you. Alabama looks totally unstoppable and just Uh looks like a a junior NFL team out there basically. And then sometimes they just look a little more mortal. And I think this is one of the years that they do where they just, they're very good and talented again, but they're just not steamrolling people like they were. So we'll see what that looks like in a month, but you know, right now I, I think that that's, more of a mortal Alabama team than usual. I may eat those words eventually, but right now on, <laughs> you, on, on October 4th, that's what it looks like. You have to think that Sam Pittman just hands on hips was just like, you've got to be shitting me when <laughs> Bryce Young goes down and then Jalen Milroy comes in and is just, you know, looking like Cam Newton out there. I mean, right. Well, that's what the good programs do. You know, when LSU was rolling all those years, you know, they would lose their entire defense and then an entire new defense would come in the next year and be just as good, like dudes you'd never heard of. Yeah. And, you know, and Alabama has that same thing going. And it's impressive to do it at quarterback particularly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, they just – And then behind Milroy, I mean, people are behind the scenes buzzing about Ty Simpson. Now he's a true freshman, but people – say that that he's the real deal um going back before Alabama I do want to get this out there and hear what you have to say about it but I think that there's a chance that two of the next four opponents for Ole Miss a real chance of some quit on their coach mentality I I, Auburn loses just an absolute heartbreaker at home they had that game won LSU was dead to rights, and then Auburn doesn't score in the second half. They get real cute and try to do some kind of wide receiver pass. Um, I mean, Hugh Freeze was probably just on the edge of his seat during that play. But um, Auburn, I mean, I don't know if they're going to fire Harson. I mean, people are joking like, oh, they're just waiting for Georgia to just destroy him, and then they'll kick him out. But, I mean – it's hard when you know that your coach is a dead man walking oh, to get out there and, and play. And then same with AM. Like, I, I'm not saying Jimbo might get fired, but I mean, how much longer does this have to go where those dudes are just like, hey, man, I, I can't get up anymore? Like, I, you're right. not. I mean, if Texas AM is sitting there at five and three, I mean, what did you come to Texas AM for? You didn't come to go eight and four yeah. or seven and five. I mean, like, it's obviously a disappointing season. And I don't know how many, like you said, you've only, Jimbo, you, you know, could be the greatest motivator in the world. And I'm not sure if you've got enough bullets in the chamber to, to get your team oh up for God. some of those games late. But yeah, you're right. That's why, you know, we always look, and it's fun. I do it too. But you look at, at teams, you know, schedules at the beginning of the year. And you're like, oh, that's a win. That's probably a win. That's a loss. That's, But all these teams are living entities. 
you know, sometimes the team you see on September 15th is not the same as the one you see on October 15th. And it's not just injuries or anything like that. It's 18 to 22 year olds and their, their whims and their goals and the coaches too. And, and like you said, I mean, I I've watched a couple teams the past couple weeks that are in disarray, you know, Colorado fired Carl Durrell, obviously that team looked like at times that it did not want to be out there, especially in defense. And then you looked at Arizona state, which I watched get pounded by Utah a couple of weeks ago, right after they fired Herb Edwards. And it's just a program in disarray. I actually thought Arizona state played pretty hard against Utah. They just didn't really yeah. know what they were doing. There wasn't much I mean, purpose. So that's, that's a great point. I feel like it's either, or it's either just like a complete goose egg. Like, Coach is fired or dead man walking is just like, we don't care. Or right. you get what happened last week where Georgia Tech beats Pitt. Yeah. Oh, and that or, was maybe like, the most surprising score. I Because I kept looking at that score. I was like, well, surely that'll change. But, yeah, what a win for Georgia Tech. Yeah. You got to wonder what Jeff Collins is thinking after that. I mean, like <laughs> – I mean, I'm sure he's like happy for, you know what I mean? Like I know Jeff a little cause he was the defensive coordinator at, at state just knowing him a little, like, I'm sure he's proud of his team, but there's gotta be a part of you. That's just like, why couldn't I do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I, I didn't watch any of the game, Neither but did looking, I. looking Neither. at the box score and hearing what others around the country were saying, like a lot of things went Georgia Tech's way. Well, um, I mean, and, and maybe Pitts banged up. They're not, as good as they were last year, obviously without Kenny Pickett and, and Jordan hey, Addison, but scoreboard. That's true. I still got <laughs> still got it done. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, it's not crazy. I mean, I was listening to to the Andy Staples show uh earlier today and he was saying it. So this isn't just some like in a vacuum Ole Miss centric podcast that's red and blue glasses looking at a chance at the college football playoff. Like other people are saying it. Like this yeah. Ole Miss team is legit. I mean, this isn't your, you know, classic, hey, we're going to give up 40, but we got to score 44. Like, this right, is right. Exactly. That- Old Miss was kind of known as the, you know, the Texas Tech under Mike Leach for a while. Like, pack a lunch. It's going to be a five hour <laughs> game. It's going to be 53 to 48. There might be yeah. a football bounce off Quincy Adebajo's helmet. You know, like all these different, you know, it was just that the games were like four hour heart attacks. Like, and I, yeah, would, you know, exactly. like even for people that were there to work and not necessarily fans, <laughs> I mean, they were, they were incredibly entertaining and they're still entertaining just in a different way. I still think with, I think Ole Miss is very, very good. And I think the two things they've got going for them, the defense, the running game are things that are fairly consistent week to week, which is hard to find sometimes in college football. I, I do think at some point, somebody is going to make them beat them through the air. Yeah, and I want to see Jackson sure. Dart be able to do that. And like I thought, Dart played fine against Kentucky, especially in a big time atmosphere. You know, he wasn't perfect, but I, he held his own and he's trending mm-hmm. in the correct direction. But that's really the only question I have before putting Ole Miss in the truly like elite, like college football playoff caliber teams. I mean, can they yeah. beat through the air if they need to? Because uh, they could beat you in a lot of different ways right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I I think Dart is I just me and my you know very you know non you know football genius mind watching that game. I think just from the play calls early in the game, I think they're starting to 
feel a little more comfortable with him throwing the football. I mean, they were stretching the field. They were taking shots. I mean, he was he was delivering some balls on third and medium and third and long that, dare I say, looked like another two that was under center last year. Um, yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason he was such a big recruit. I mean, he's got all the arm talent in the world. And yeah, there's a lot of things to like about him. And I, I think Lane Kiffin knows, too, that you got to – I mean, at this point, you got to open up the offense a little. Like, you brought the guy, let him play. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I mean, he he made some big-time throws. I mean, a couple of those touch passes, uh, well, one to Malik Heath that uh, Malik would probably tell you he should have caught it, he dropped it, and then they came back and ran the same play, dropped it right in the bucket, um, made two really big third-down throws, one early to Malik Heath over the middle, and then <clears throat> late they didn't score, but over the middle, third and long, completed it to Trigg, who's another guy I think that they really need to – I don't know what they got to do. They got to figure out how to get him more involved. I don't know if it's a playbook thing or if it's a confidence thing, but he's a mismatch and they got to get him going. But um, going back to the defense uh, on threes, Matt Zenitz tweeted this. um, I believe it was yesterday, just two years removed from being 126 nationally in total defense. Ole Miss is now seventh nationally in scoring defense under first-year defensive coordinator Chris Partridge, which is remarkable. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, um, their first two Power 5 opponents to just 19 combined points, which yeah. if you're doing the quick math, that yeah, Georgia Tech scored zero. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you can say what you want about well, Kentucky had the touchdown to win it, and it was called back. Well, you know, they also forced two turnovers in the red zone. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, any time you're in a tight game like that, you get a few breaks. But the good teams make their own breaks. Like you said, that turnover right. didn't that turnover didn't cause itself. I mean, you know, they got yeah, a break I, with that. They got a break with the Kentucky penalty and they capitalized on it. That's what good teams do. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes, and, and on the flip side of that, really good teams like have a penalty and they're able to overcome that adversity and they still punch it in somehow or things like yeah. that. I mean, every team that, that all happens. I, I thought, yeah, Ole Miss got a couple breaks, but they took advantage of them. And that's yeah. what the name of the game is. It all kind of, I think it all kind of evened out in in the football universe where there was a blatant face mask call yes. on, on Quinshawn Judkins that was missed. And at the point that it happened, Kentucky had no more timeouts. That would have been an automatic first down. The game's over. Right. So you don't have the, the big dramatic ending with the strip sack and all that. Also, I'm sure there were people out there that were gambling, which it was the first thing that came to my mind, which I, I guess should tell you, just the landscape of how you watch sports now, but sure. Tavius That's Robinson, why you had to take a week off. <laughs> yeah. Tavius <laughs> Robinson had a legitimate shot to scoop and score that. I know. And there were probably people that had Ole Miss to cover that are just ripping their hair out when he fell. Oh my God. I still, every time a situation like that happens, I think of Ed Orgeron's scoop and score, you know, like he would, <laughs> I can't remember. There was a situation where, you know, this is like a whatever year that is, like 2007 or eight or yeah, seven. And uh, there was a situation where a player tried to scoop and score, but like bobbled it, you know, and everything. And they're like, should he have just fallen on the ball? And uh, Orgeron was like, oh, no, no, no. Scoop and score. And uh, yeah, I, so I've always... I mean, maybe he doesn't because Barry and Brown, I believe, was on the field and Lord knows he can pick him up and put him down. So he might have been able to run him down. 
Um, but yeah, when we were, I was watching it, as soon as he fell on it, I was like, oh no, like people that had the, had Ole Miss cover it or just sick to their stomach. But um, that had been a pretty lucky cover though. Like it, it's not, oh, that's not yeah. necessarily a bad beat, but yeah, you, you, I was just about to that. say that. Well, I was telling you about like gambling and everything. What was funny is the, the games we talked about, I hit almost all of them last week. But of course, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't gamble on any of it. So if I want That's that how to it change, always works. I just put some money down and that'll that'll change it immediately. So <laughs> I, I, I expect some dividend, I expect some dividends from uh, Mississippi State for one and LSU on this because my uh, I, I was correct. But if I had put down any money, I'm sure I wouldn't have been. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Ole Miss legitimate shot to potentially have close to a top five matchup when Alabama comes to town. If yeah, they can I get mean, through if they the get next that far, I mean, who knows what happens? That might be one versus three or something like that. Yeah. You know, we, and I mean, we pretty much called it right. You know, three or four weeks ago, we looked at that Kentucky Ole Miss and what we were like, what, eight versus 15. And we were close mm-hmm. it was seven versus 14. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think with the, the usual shuffle of the top teams, you know, if, if Ole Miss really lasts that long, a few more teams are going to lose. Like, I think it could be one versus four, two versus five, depending on how Georgia looks. I mean, it could be, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking down the road, but yeah, these are, these are big. If you're an Ole Miss fan out there, these are good times. I mean, like any, yeah, anytime, anytime you're pushing mid-October and you're in the national conversation, like don't take that for granted. I guess if you're an Alabama fan, you can take that for granted at this point, but you know, if you're the fan of just about everybody else, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely. Lane, yeah. Lane Kiffin. I mean, you were, you were on that before just about anybody else. It's been a great hire for Ole Miss. We'll, we'll get to it down the line. I'll tell you this before we hit the break, Ole Miss fans, October 29th, circle it because Jackson Dart slowly looking better and better under, you know, as a quarterback in this offense. And I don't know if anyone saw what AM secondary looked like against Mississippi state, but could potentially be a little bit of a coming out party there. Maybe they, by that point, they were letting him just spin it and it could be a big day. So we'll get to that down the road. We're going to take our first break when we come back. Apparently no one listens to us on this show and they're firing coaches in the middle of the season. We'll talk, uh, we'll touch on that. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant, bar and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish. And they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue. And they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. 
show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back here on Daytime Fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you. All right, David, I teased it before the break. Uh, two more coaches hitting the bricks. Um, <laughs> Carl Durrell at Colorado, I, I, I get it. Um, might be the worst P5 team in the country. It's an incredibly tough job, and they were not getting any better. I think Carl's going to be okay. Um, I think he and his wife are, uh, I've told people, probably looking to retire somewhere around Boulder. I believe they already have a house there that they've had since, you know, back when he was with the Broncos. Um, I don't know if he's going to hang it up or if he's going to try to get a coordinator job or maybe try to go back to the NFL, but going to be fine. Also going to be fine. Paul Christ is out at Wisconsin. Um, he, <laughs> I, I just absolutely cackled at this last night when I saw it, um, took a reduced buyout to help out the Badgers. And uh, he's only getting 11 million. So he's going to be just fine as well. He'll have to somehow make do with $11 million. <laughs> But look, we're not going to talk about Carl Durrell too much because, like I said, Colorado. Is right. Bad. I mean, you understand that. 
I mean, I I, I don't think there's many situations to fire a coach early in the season, but that would be one of them. It just wasn't working out. And what's got to be done tomorrow sometimes has to be done today. Yeah, and go ahead and start vetting some some candidates, start looking, building a list and all of that. I I get it. Um, They actually have a decent young quarterback. They're probably going to lose him in the transfer portal, but that – Owen McCown, you know, who's Josh McCown's son. Yeah. Not a bad player. They actually have a little bit of juice on offense, but their defense is just horrible. Yeah, it's just, just I mean, absolutely. They just gave up nearly 700 yards to Arizona, and Arizona is oh. not going to confuse anybody with, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, they're, they're all right. They're like a okay Pac 12 team, but yeah. Wow. Um, and, and honestly, like, I tell, I, I'm a, I should, you know, be some kind of i don't know intern or maybe a contract employee um or like a um independent contractor for the chamber of commerce of boulder because i love that place um i don't know if you've ever been um it is one of the coolest places the campus is is gorgeous i mean just everything about that place is so cool i mean probably one of the better college towns in america it's just a really tough job Um, it is I heard this morning, I was listening to um, College Sports Now with uh, Stephen Hartzell, and um, they had Mike Golick Jr. on there, and, and he said it best, where it's just a job where you just got to crock pot it. You got to find your guy, hire him, and just stay away. And just, hey, we'll, we'll check back in, in, in four or five years and see what you did. Like, you, it's not going to be an overnight thing there. You're not going to just get an influx of transfers and figure it out. Like it's going to, you, you've got to just hire someone, believe in their ability to build something and just see what happens. Cause it's, it's a tough job. Um, it is a tough job. And it, it, because it doesn't have like a, a, a built-in recruiting base, like yeah, where do right. you go to find play? Like, I mean, you'll get a few from Denver, but then where are you going? Are you going to California? Are you going to Texas? Like there's just, and you're fighting yeah. off a lot of other schools that's one of those, you know, kind of the disconnect between, yes, it's a beautiful campus and all that stuff, but is it a beautiful campus for football? Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. Cause I yeah. kind of feel, I kind of feel the same way about Tucson in a lot of ways. Like I love going down to Tucson and Arizona is a really cool place, but Tucson is, you know, kind of isolated geographically. Yes. It's a cool campus, but I can see why it would be hard to have continued success there. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, one of my other favorite places in the world, Santa Barbara, California. I mean, just I would retire there tomorrow if I could, but I don't know if the Gauchos can field a football team because, like, it's a beautiful place, but, like, right, not the best place for – I don't even know if they have a football team. Um, but anyway, um, so, yeah, it doesn't equate success because the campus and, and everything about it is so right. cool. Just because it's um, a pretty school. Yeah, it's it, that's a, just an incredibly tough job. But the Paul Chris – thing is bizarre i don't know about you i was completely caught off guard when that came across the radar um the other night when i saw that that was just insane to me i mean the guy has let's see 67 wins in i guess this was his eighth year i'm doing math yeah eighth year um bowl game every year he went to a rose bowl he won double digit games four times um i mean really only COVID, they were four and three. And then this year, two and three. But outside of that, you've got 10, 11, 13, 8, 10, 9. 
wins. Right. I, I think if you squint hard, you can see, I think he was like, what's he like 15 and 10 over his last three seasons. You could see a little bit of backsliding. I understand why there's like concern within the program. I just thought they cut him loose awfully quick. I mean, 15 and 10, like it just, to me, it has big, like Nebraska Bo Pelini exactly. vibes. Like be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You, know, you know, like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to fault a program, whether it's Wisconsin or anybody else, for feeling like they, they're they a national caliber program and they can do better. If, yeah. if you believe that, go ahead. But there's always a risk with that, especially when you're somewhere, you know, you think you can do better. You might be able to, but you're also one or two bad coaching hires away from being pretty much irrelevant. So, yeah, Cle- Clemsoning used to be a thing, but now it might be Nebraskaing. Right. You're getting rid of someone. I mean, well, and honestly, now they finally found somebody at Tennessee, but they wandered the wilderness for oh, you know for a man, good fifteen years, and you yeah, know suddenly like, suddenly Phil Fulmer's idiosyncrasies weren't so bad. You know, you were like, yeah, I would wouldn't mind Phil well, Fulmer yeah. back. I mean, you know, the the joke of you know what feels like ninety eight. Well, it's like I feel like y'all think it's ninety eight, and like it should be like this every year, and like no, like everything has completely changed. Like you, you got to. They got outside the box a little bit. Um, right. We got the internet it, now. <laughs> yeah. The thing was just, just so strange to me that, and I told you, I think it was either Sunday or Monday. I mean, I think suffering from a bad eval on Graham Mertz, who was a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. He was a top 100 prospect. Everybody thought he was going to be good. And he just hasn't been. And I think that that's just kind of, derailed this yeah, team he's just been okay yeah yeah because I mean, like, it's hard i mean they have braylon allen who looks like a million dollars but like if you just stack the box and stop braylon allen then you know you're certainly not going to be scared of graham Mertz throwing the ball down the field because he hasn't proven that he can and i mean that defense is outstanding jim leonard is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country and another excellent segue here i mean i keep hearing rumblings from people around the country that maybe that's what Wisconsin is doing to where giving him just an open tryout for the job and they'll probably hire him. He's one of theirs. He's been there for a while. Yeah, I mean, that's a program that likes to, you know, keep it in the family to to Mm -hmm. some degree. That would make a lot of sense and it may work out. And, and Wisconsin, in fact, I think there's a good chance it works out just because Wisconsin has done it so many times before, but I just, you know, anytime you fire a coach with a good record like that, I'm yeah. always, you know, I, th- I, you, I get Frank Solich, you know, like yeah. I, I think of, Man. I think of things like that. Well, yeah. I mean, Nebraska was just basically like, well, you're not Tom Osborne. So we hate you. Right. Um, you're not winning 10 games every single year. So we're going to make a change. And that's perfectly like, if you think you should win 10 games every year, that's your prerogative. But my point is there are very few programs that actually do that. Like, yeah. and it, it may be one Alabama, like, right. yeah. you know, there's, you know, it's, it's tough to win everybody. The other guys are on scholarship too. I just, you know, sometimes you go eight and five. I don't yeah, think that's yeah. the worst thing in the world, but I, you know, I also understand that from, from Wisconsin, I have no idea what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if they asked Paul Chris to make some changes. Paul Chris said no. And then they were kind of put in a tough spot. So. Yeah, could have very well. Yeah. Um, you have to also think that maybe this, now that this is some kind of coup that Jim Leonard behind the scenes is, you know, pulling strings, but 
he had opportunities to go to the NFL. Um, right. And he and didn't. That, he and waited that might around. be part of it that they're like, well, if we don't start, you know, we're not in love with Paul Christ. If we don't start hiring him now, then he's probably going to get yeah. away somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, Wisconsin's a great program. They've done a lot over the years. And, and I don't think the comparables to Nebraska are exactly correct just because of geographic things mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah there's I just, plenty of, plenty of talent up there around that. Right. And, and they recruit I mean, you're right that next area to Chicago, extremely well. Right. Yeah. You've got Milwaukee, you've got, you know, you've got some legitimate talent around there. So I, it's a different situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, but I was shocked. I, I yeah, was like, uh, it's crazy. Cause, Cause you read that and you're like, Oh, Wisconsin's kind of struggling. Like they're having a down year. And all of a sudden it's like, well, the coach is fired. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, just wild. Um, but yeah, just, just more turnover. Um, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks with, you know, the aforementioned, you know, Auburn and what, uh, I, again, I don't think A&M is getting rid of Jimbo. Um, unless some oil tycoon comes in and just pays him to go away. But um, I think it's going to have to get a lot worse for them to even broach that topic. But, um, but yeah, Nebraska, uh, excuse me. Well, I guess Nebraska is open technically, but Colorado, <laughs> Wisconsin now open. Um, yeah. Just college football, man. It, it's, it's the ultimate, what have you done for me lately job now it's, there's no more, Hey, we'll give you four or five years. You know, well, there's like I, just I, I think and and other people have said this too. Like I'm not the first, but I, I think the buyout, you know, we see 11 million, we see 19 million with buyouts. We're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. I, with all this TV money coming in and stuff like that, I just I'm not sure that's as huge of a deterrent as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Pay the bill and figure it out later. Yeah, we uh, both we both got in the wrong industry, David. Should have right, been, I know. No, there's no should have been mediocre been many, to bad college football coaches. I don't I guess I do have a buyout. Oh my not a real buyout, but I would have like whatever that is if they let me go. Uh not a, not a Paul Chris buyout. Right. I would I would have severance, but it would not be in the Paul Chris range. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to do a quick little lightning round, um, just kind of looking ahead to uh week six and uh get david's thoughts on uh the games of notes in the sec so hang tight we'll be right back podcast brought to you by protection unlimited incorporated the mid-south leader in commercial and residential alarm security wayne lowry and his team have been serving the greater memphis area and north mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today they offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365 you can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today 
in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here for our final segment on daytime fireworks. All right, pretty good week here in the SEC. I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule right now. There's a lot of really interesting games. I, I'm very very excited, mostly because I will be in Chicago this weekend, and my wife and I will be there. Sans kids. So it'll be, you know, we, we've had college football Saturdays where they've been, you know, at the, at the grandma and grandpa's, you know, we've had those, but I mean, this will be like a college football Saturday in a city, which we haven't done since we lived in Chicago. So this will be fun. Like for us to where we, you know, get out, go to the bars, bounce around, watch games all day and not have to worry about nap times and snacks. And, you know, did you, did you pack the wipes? Um, Is the race have- on Saturday or Sunday? It is on Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I was about yeah. to say you could just like listen to Sirius XM your entire race, <laughs> like just yeah. flip through games. And so you could do that with the NFL though, I guess on Sunday. I, I, yeah, I think I'm I, probably going to draw inspiration. I'm trying to finish the perfect mile um, right now. So I'll try to, uh, you know, really harness my inner, uh, you know, Roger Bannister as I try to. Uh, That's a, you know, if you're running a race, Roger Bannister is a good, <laughs> that, that's a good one i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be on that pace um, right for those that don't know what i'm talking about he was the first person to uh break the four minute mile won't be doing that but uh it's a great book i highly recommend it um which i, I will say the um and i promise we'll get to the games here in a second but um it, it's been kind of fun to listen to this and i again neil bascom the perfect mile it's audiobook you, you can do it it's great um but it's been kind of topical and, and kind of a coincidence that I've been listening to this. And Wes Santee, who was one of the guys that was trying to break the four minute mile, went to Kansas and like the Jayhawks right now or the talk of the town in college football. Um, so it's been kind of cool. Like I had no idea, like listening to this, he actually went to like do like a quasi physical to get his body basically tested by his coach um, at the time. And the doctor that he went to see was Fog Allen. So how about that? I didn't know that Fog Allen was an MD. There you go. So learn something every day. Y- yeah, exactly. All right. 11 o'clock. The 11 o'clock slate is fun as hell. Um, I love this. But first game, number eight, Tennessee at number 25, LSU. I know the LSU fans are just absolutely furious because it's an 11 o'clock kick. Um, I, I'm, I won't spend too much time on this one, David. I think Tennessee wins running away. 
Well, I think Tennessee wins. And, and if Tennessee does win going away, um, I will be on the Tennessee kind of train at that point. Like I, I think Tennessee yes. is much better than they've been, but I want to see them go on the road to LSU. And I know LSU is not as good as they have been, but if they handle business there and win by like two touchdowns, okay. I'd love oh, yeah. Tennessee because that's that's what the Tennessee of old would have done, you know, in a situation yeah. like that. So um, but I think, you know, the line, obviously Vegas is, is just Tennessee by three. So they're, they're slightly skeptical. Yeah. Jane Daniels is, I guess he's questionable. Maybe he is a go. I haven't seen anything. He, he was banged up, but I mean, this is, you know, we talked about the Ole Miss team or I guess the, uh, the team Ole Miss is not anymore. That's Tennessee. I mean, they are just like, Hey, it's Hendon Hooker. Let's let it ride, baby. You just score a bunch of points, and we'll hold on for dear life because they've given up 27 to Pitt, and they've given up 33 to Florida. Um, but Hinton Hooker has just been outstanding. I, I, oh, he's, I just, he's very, very good. And LSU does not want to get in a boat race. Like, no, that's that's no. not LSU's thing. I think if Tennessee gets in the 30s there, you could feel pretty secure. Yeah, so I, I like the balls there. All right, uh, moving right along here, we've got Arkansas at number 23, Mississippi State. Arkansas obviously fell to Alabama last week. Um, Mississippi State, really nice win at home against Texas A&M. They get back-to-back home games here. I feel like that place is going to be rocking. Um, I, I Look, State's got a real shot now to uh, really get into that 7-8 win range. Will Rogers and that offense is just humming. I KJ Jefferson got banged up a little last week. Um, that Arkansas defense is not as not as much teeth as we've seen um, in the last couple of years. I kind of lean Mississippi State here. Um, looking at the line, it's minus eight. You know, so the Hogs are getting eight points. Ooh, I'm, uh, I I like arkansas that one i mean like that and to win or to cover i mean definitely to cover but i also like them to win like just straight up i mississippi state is a weird and i did this last week too you know with the texas a&m game i was like i don't really have a football analysis for this but i think state's gonna win i just think it's one of those games that they're gonna win and this is one of those games that i think they're gonna lose i just do like i mean i i you know i i all the points you made about arkansas not looking as good i totally agree with you but uh yeah i think arkansas is going to bounce back i think mississippi state i think mike leach it's it's been constant during his career it's the consistency i mean they can get up and win a few huge games and they do it almost every year uh but they also lose some games and for i just feel that this one is an arkansas Probably a win, okay. but definitely to uh, to to cover. Yeah, I like Arkansas to cover here. I just kind of feel like State's kind of got something going. I mean, they – I think State is pretty good, and it wouldn't shock me if they win. Uh, yeah. But I – Here's here's an important thing to, to keep an eye on on Arkansas' side. Not only Barry Odom and, you know, can he get that defense, you know, can they get back to where they were, where they were just – really getting after you in the front seven, forcing turnovers. I know Catalan's out for the year, so that's a huge loss for them in the secondary. But, I mean, they have talent on the defense, but then also, like, Kendall Bryles, I feel like it's just called really weird games so far this season. Like, he got super conservative against A&M, 
I feel like that kind of cost him. They've had a chance to win, but I, right. I, I don't know. Like he's just been kind of quirky with his play calling and maybe that's, they're trying to guard from KJ Jefferson running too much and getting banged up. But yeah, this is a very, very, you know, interesting game within the game with, with, you know, Barry Odom versus Mike Leach and, Right. Um, and just where Zach Arnett versus Kendall Bryles. And just where Arkansas is in their schedule. You know, they've lost two tough games, Texas AM and Alabama, and they've got two more. They've got state now, and then they've got BYU next week. So yeah, I mean, you can't let I mean AM, I, I feel like it was Alabama. Okay, sure. But I feel like just mentally that AM game beat them twice, where they just they were kind of sluggish. I know they fought back after Bryce Young went down, but man, you can't let it beat you two times and, and lay an egg in Starkville. Um, but that's a, that, that's a fun one. Um, all right. And then the other 11 o'clock Missouri at Florida, Missouri was spunky last week, really battled with Georgia ended up losing. Um, I have no idea what to think about Florida. They have, you know, looked okay to decent against teams like Tennessee and against Utah beating them after cam rising for, the life of me i do not know why he threw into triple coverage on the goal line um and then you know almost lost to south florida um this one's uh, i lean florida here just at home in the swamp i don't think Missouri's very good even though they played georgia really well last week i i, I think the spread is 11 that feels like a lot but would it really shock you if, if florida won by a couple scores no, I, I would go Florida too. Um, Probably a let Florida, spot Florida, for Missouri too. Right, exactly. That, that That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. You know, Florida, like you said, has been kind of a infuriating team. Nice win over Utah, obviously. And then they play Kentucky and Tennessee pretty tough, but they're inconsistent. They're not a perfect team. But I just think, you know, Missouri A is not that great. And then B, like you said, a little bit of a letdown that that Georgia loss has got to hurt after they led for most of that game. I, I would, I don't feel overly comfortable with it, but I would probably pick Florida. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, we, we can briefly touch on this one. Two thirty, CBS, the oldest rivalry in the South, whatever they call it. Auburn at number two, Georgia, Georgia's going to roll. I, I have to think after two weeks, of playing with their food. Kirby's going to get their attention. It's a rivalry game. Maybe Auburn, I don't know, maybe they do a couple things early, but Georgia's just far too talented. I don't think Auburn has anyone that can cover any of the tight ends that Georgia has, and Stetson Bennett has been pretty consistent, pretty solid, and I just – I think it's time for Georgia to turn it on, and after those two I weeks – I agree. If, if gonna, Georgia can't turn it on this week against Auburn, that's a I have real questions about Georgia because yeah. that's at some point that becomes a trend. Like you can't, you know, like if you if you have multiple games in a row where you're obviously more talented than the other team and can't turn it on, yeah. you you wonder can you turn it on? Exactly. Really? Yeah. So, um, or is that what you are? So I, I gosh, thirty points. Wow. I know George is at home, but that's a lot of points. But but st- I'd probably just stay away from that from a betting perspective. Right. But I expect Georgia to win pretty easy. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I again, I how much longer before Auburn just quits? Um, that's the question. All right. Um, we'll get to Ole Miss 
Vandy on the Hit That Line show. We are recording that this evening, so you'll have it on Wednesday. So we'll talk all Ole Miss Vandy that you can handle. Uh, South Carolina at number 13, Kentucky 630. Can Kentucky get off the mat after just a brutal loss at, at Ole Miss? South Carolina, they took care of business uh, last week against South Carolina State. Um, man, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of disappointed in South Carolina this year. Um, I have to. I was just de- thinking about that. I, I thought the defense would be so much better. I mean, they have tons of talent up front. They've got a lot of blue chip guys on the defensive line. Um, I know they bank, I know they're banged up. They lost a couple starters uh, for the year. And then Spencer Rattler is just, and I do think a lot like KJ Jefferson, I feel like the play calling hasn't been too kind to him. They don't really cut him loose at all. And I feel like he's got to get out there and just throw it. I know they have a just in, incredibly talented running back in Marshawn Lloyd, who was a blue chip guy out of high school and has suffered two torn ACLs. So I, I don't know how much tread is on those tires, but he's had a good year. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of weird how they've handled that offense and, and maybe Rattler's underachieved a little bit too. He had a lot of buzz going into this year, but yeah, they've, they've been kind of a disappointment. I, I like this one. I, I would, I love the under um, and now it is at 49, which is real close, but I, I mean, I, I like Kentucky to just win a really, really just one of the, one of the better rock fights in week six. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, I, I like Kentucky to win too. And I'm like you, the only thing I can think of with South Carolina is they have played two games in a row where they've scored 50 points and I, the, the competition hasn't been great. It was Charlotte and South Carolina state, obviously, but yeah. um, you know, I, I think confidence is important and I think they've built some over the last couple of weeks. So maybe they could get something going against Kentucky, but I I'm like you, I probably like, Kentucky winning something like 28 to 10. Yeah. And that would, like that would, that. that'd be under the number. So that'd be, uh, that'd be good. Or even 28, um, 17. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, who South Carolina maybe gets a, you know, garbage touchdown late. Right. Um, but yeah, Chris Rodriguez being back and Levis is probably itching to get back out there and rebound. I so. do think Kentucky is legitimately pretty good. I think that was a good yeah. win for Ole Miss. You know, that was a that was a tough win. Kentucky went on the road in a tough environment and was a penalty away from winning that game. You know, like we said, Ole Miss got the got a break and took advantage of it. Ole Miss deserved to win that game, but Kentucky was right there. They were not outclassed. Yeah. They didn't look scared. I th- I think that's a that's a very good football team, but I think they'll they'll prove that again on Saturday. Last one, CBS is doing their doubleheader because you got to get Jimbo and Nick Saban storylines to just flood everyone's ears at night. All right, I'm just going to say this. After all the crap that happened in the offseason, I don't, for the life, Nick Saban's not calling off the dogs in this one. No, this this could, this has the potential to get embarrassing. <laughs> and I think, you know, we were talking about how Jimbo's not really in any trouble but I mean, if Alabama beats them 55 to 14 or something like that, I don't know if yeah. Jimbo's in trouble, but you know what I mean? Like Ross Bjork might be in trouble. People, yeah, right. People are going to start asking questions. That's, uh, I haven't thought about that. I could absolutely see that. They just make Bjork fall on the sword and it's like, hey, man, you, you screwed up. And he's like, well, hold on. I'm not the one coaching the games, but uh, man, I, 
Well, it's a lot easier at this point to fire Ross Bjork than it is Jimbo Fisher, just uh, from a logistics standpoint. You know, I, I, correct. Like, I, I'm not saying it's kind of like, you know, how in Major League Baseball, a lot of times they fire the manager because you can't really fire your players. I mean, you can try to trade them. And so, but it's what's the <laughs> easiest move to make to send a message? Yeah, you know, it's like, you absolutely. Don't, you know, so you fire the manager. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's a great point you made about Jimbo and, you know, his contract and, you know, when does he just get complacent and just, eh, you know, I'm rich, who cares? They can't fire me. Like when, when does he, maybe he does it because he's a college football coach and they're all uber competitive and their egos are humongous, but I, look, I mean, life's good, man. You, you just, yeah, I don't think he's going to like quit as far as like not have the passion anymore, but I do think coaches all the time, this happens where they get kind of, stuck in their ways, you know, where somebody, whether it's Ross Bjork or somebody comes to Jimbo is like, Hey, we'd like you to make some changes. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm a national championship caliber coach. And he is, I mean, like he won a national championship. So, yeah. you know, I, I do think there's egos from that perspective where you're not willing to change and that can be your downfall. All right. Last thing here, which do you hate worse? The, Midnight yell practice that AM does and all the videos they continue to put out. I don't know why they do it. Or Aaron Judge cut-ins during college football games. I don't know much about the midnight. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I will because oh, I know buddy. the Aaron Judge cut-ins are ridiculous. And I I I'm on record. I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport, just generally. I love football and all those other things too. But baseball is my first love. I love it. Like if we wanted to watch Aaron Judge chase for 61 or 62, we'd have the Yankees game on. You know, I I yeah. understand it if it's another baseball game, because obviously you're watching baseball. That makes some sense. But we're watching college football. And the reason why we're watching college football is we want to watch college football, not Aaron Judge. We're checking Twitter for Aaron Judge, and then yeah. we'll 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 look at the video if he does hit number 62. But until don't cut away from a football game <laughs> that's yeah. ridiculous so i with with the caveat that i i don't know as much about the texas a m stuff the aaron judge oh, stuff man. infuriates me so that's that's my i quick little rant here and then we'll be we'll, we'll get out of here i know it's 62 and it's the american league record and all that but okay cool you hit 62 you're still 12 away from breaking the record Right. I mean, like the record like, still on, is like, 73. A and B, the big thing is like, we're not even watching baseball. It'd be like, I don't know. It'd be like, <laughs> like watching the Oscars and they cut in for Aaron Judge. It's like, no, yeah. like, I, like we're not saying Aaron Judge isn't awesome or doesn't deserve all the yeah. praise in the world, but that's not what we're interested in right now. That's why we're no, watching this sport. Come on. Um, just to give you kind of a reference, you know, I, I don't know how big of a, of an office fan you are. Um, I, I have watched probably every Office episode because my wife might okay. be the biggest Office fan in the history of the universe. Ooh, and she okay. uses it to go to bed each night. Love and it. so like I've I've watched at least part of probably every episode. So I'm assuming you'll have Peacock and y'all can watch the uh, super episodes with like the uh, extra scenes. I'm not sure. I, I think Emily has that or she might have. Bought, I highly I, recommend I, it. I don't, but anyway, yes, I will check that out. If, so if we have it. So the reference here, I would, at this point with the ones that I've seen and they are just so uncomfortable to watch, 
I would probably rather watch the Scott's Tots episode than watch a Texas A&M midnight yell practice. It is so cringe. And look, it is a rule in our house. If we got the office on as background noise, when Scott's Tots comes on, you skip it. We don't watch it. I, it is so cringy. My, me and my wife were discussing this a couple days ago, actually, because she was what we were watching Scott's Tots. Oh. And uh, I, I am a big I do not handle cringe humor really well. Like, you know, there, there are episodes of like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like it's legitimately <laughs> funny. Like, I mean, there's no question like Scott's tots the it's, it's hilarious, but it just, it hurts. It like oh. physically hurts to watch. And I mean, I think in a lot of ways, that's the mark of a great comedy, but yeah, Scott's yeah. tots is is a masterclass in cringe humor. And I just can't watch it. So oh, if man, my point being with that, if the Texas a and videos you're referencing have are anything like Scott's Tots, that's rough. <laughs> and I would, and actually one of my good friends in Jackson, actually, uh, my wife was, was friends with another Emily actually, and her husband, they had gone to Texas A&M and he was, he's a, he's a doctor now, but he's uh he was one of the yell leaders. And uh, I mean, this dude loved Texas A&M. And a great guy too, but I mean, you know, when they talk about it kind of being a cult, I, mm. I, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. And they love their cult and it is cool, but wow. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it, it's, uh, it's I mean, indoctrination it's, at its finest. The midnight yell stuff is essentially these guys in painted overalls, basically doing stand up comedy with just like incredibly bad middle school jokes. And then they mix in like weird chants and like leg kicks and arm. It's just, it's so bad. And like, I don't know, like, I guess they're just, it's a cult. So they're just going to keep doing it because they think it's cool. But like, how in the world has someone not finally just been like, we have to stop because this is so bad because they basically make fun of whoever they're playing all week and then they're losing. So like, okay, you made a bunch of jokes about Mississippi state players are dumb because they're from Mississippi well, then they just then you just got right. And then you get trucked by them. Like, uh, oh, it, so it reminds bad. me of like one year at, at SEC Media Days. Steve Spurrier was there at South Carolina, and uh, they had gone like you know it was that stretch where they went like six and six every year. And somebody was like, "Steve, you're a little quieter than usual." He's like, "Well, it kind of just seems stupid to talk a bunch of smack <laughs> when you're going seven and six he's like if yeah. he's like if i go ten and two i'll start talking a little more smack but it just yeah. <laughs> like there's no, there's nothing really to say here yeah. i think those were the like the steven garcia years those were fun south carolina times oh yeah that, that, those are those and then you had like the connor shaw years and then dylan thompson yeah those were those were the big years for for south carolina and that was that was fun. That was back when we were in New York and we would, you know, obviously pre-kids. So we would go to the Ole Miss bar and watch the Ole Miss game. And then we'd go over to the South Carolina bar. And I mean, it was a lot of fun to where we, you know, Hey, maybe Ole Miss won, you know, it's year one of Hugh Freeze, but then we'd go over to South Carolina bar and it's like, all right, I can kick back and relax. Cause I know they're about to wax wherever they're playing. Well, um, right. And you're just not as emotionally invested. Yeah. Yeah. At that point I'm like, all right, what are the drink specials? Right. And just you know, enjoying some football. That's how many that's... wings can I eat in four hours? So. <laughs> Um, but yeah all right uh that's gonna do it for week six of uh daytime fireworks covered a lot of ground today um we'll be back next week um as i mentioned earlier we are recording hit that line a little earlier this week because of my travel so we will have that coming to you and then uh ben and i are about to hop on a show and 
do a little talk of champions recruiting. So we're going to have a full slate of podcasts for you like we always do. And uh, be sure to uh, tune in uh, to everything at omspirit.com. Uh, part of the On3 network, I will remind you right now, um, you can get a full year's subscription for just $10. This deal runs all the way until next the start of next college football season. So get on there, get your uh, your full year subscription. Give us give us a try, give us a shot, see if you like it. Join the community on the message board. Get on there, talk. I mean, we we talk tons of college football, obviously, but just tons of other things. Um, so yeah, ten dollars for a full year. Um, we'll be back next week with David for daytime fireworks week seven. Until then, we out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.